Crooked Shelf Media. Shelf. I'm Eva. And I'm Alex. Welcome, guys. So, uh, just wanted to start off real quick with a word of warning. Um, we are both uh, alone with the dogs in our respective <laughs> yeah. places of residence. Um, and uh, I guess we both feel uh, too guilty to lock them up while the women are away. So, um, <laughs> it is a very real possibility that they will be a distraction. So, um, my dog is uh, a tiny little rat, and um, mine are not. <laughs> so, <laughs> he's mostly quiet, so until the wife gets home, um, it'll be fine. But there may be quite a rash of barking um, around that time, so we it may not happen. We may even be finished here before that happens, but we'll see. Just one. Yeah, to mine are shout out. currently perusing around the studio area. <laughs> and has just recently picked up a piece of cardboard to snack on. So one okay, second. cool. Fiber. All right, Alex is All away right, from that's the going, mic. Yep. Uh oh, he's back. <laughs> <laughs> so it's just a real train wreck here today at the Crooked Shelf. So you know, if you want better, um, pay us. <laughs> 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 so. Just wanted to start out um, with a quick thing that I have neglected to bring up in previous episodes, but uh, at the Crooked Shelf, uh, if, if you've come over from Theory and Crime, you may have heard them do a similar thing. Uh, what, what was the, uh, the, the charity that you guys push on Theory and Crime? Uh, Stop the Backlog. Stop the Batlo- Backlog. So that's basically uh, getting funding for uh, rape test kits to mm-hmm. actually be tested by police precincts, correct? Yes. Okay. Anyways, this isn't about that, but um, on that example, at, at the Crooked Shelf, uh, we want to have uh, an ongoing charity drive, and something that's uh, near and dear to my heart, at least, is, is Extra Life. Extra Life is a great charity that works with children's hospitals, it's specifically Children's Miracle Network hospitals around uh, the nation mm-hmm. and whatever you donate goes to your choice of children's hospital. So whether it's your local hospital or just one that is near and dear to your heart for whatever reason, uh, for me in particular, it's uh, Vanderbilt children's hospital since that is uh, that's my local hospital. Mm-hmm. Um, so we've created a donation page. Um, Extra life does regular, charity drives they they they're the reason that it's it's near to us at crooked shelf is because it's focused on gaming so they do uh they do regular gaming uh marathons that's both video games and tabletop board games so they do one big one every year it's a 24 hour straight charity drive and they also do uh 12 hour uh, many marathons and I'm sure local organizations do their own throughout mm-hmm. throughout the year. Uh, so we, we've made a donation page and we just love if anyone that hears this would go and donate some money and help children in need. Uh, Miracle Network hospitals give out millions and millions in free charity health care 
throughout the year so it's just a great organization and we wanted to do our part so the link to our page is www.extra-life.org slash team slash crooked shelf i'm going to say that one more time it's extra-life.org backslash team backslash crooked shelf uh you don't have to give through us I mean, it's not benefiting us whatsoever. If you want to make your own page even and get involved, it's even better because we'd love to see Extra Life branched out to even more people. Uh, For sure. But that's, but that's just an easy link to go to because this is something we love, and we're going to we're gonna plug that um, anytime we remember. Hopefully I actually get on the ball <laughs> about that because uh, this page existed the last two episodes that we did, and I just forgot to plug it. But I'm going to start making a note to actually do that because we love Extra Life, and we participate and yeah, we had a blast the at the 24-hour gameathon last yeah. year. Yeah, here in here in Nashville, we we did our first 24-hour and uh, had an absolute blast. Um, played plenty of Rock Band with a creep who <laughs> only played Rock Band for <laughs> legit, like except maybe for a nap, 24 hours. The full yeah. 20. he never touched a single other game, but whatever. <laughs> That's where we discovered Secret Hitler. Yeah, Secret Hitler is a great board game, uh, kind of akin to uh, The Resistance, if anyone's yep. familiar with that one. One of my um, all-time favorite games. W- where you're just bullshitting each other, and one of you is Hitler, some of you are fascists, <laughs> some of you are liberals, and everyone just lies. It's great. It's, it's fantastic. Um, like the antithesis of everything that our uh, back-home game master hates about gaming because yeah. <laughs> he wants just he wants hard set rules you know and, and these games are just about lying <laughs> like there's no actual mechanic to let you know whether someone's telling the truth <laughs> it was there's fun so watching fun. him get frustrated <laughs> <laughs> so since this is I guess we should just rebrand to um, the DC Cinematic Podcast. <laughs> and Marvel. We're going to talk some Marvel today, yeah, too. Because um, <laughs> that's that's like all the news right now. I mean, yeah. for one, it's like the only movies being made anymore are comic book movies, it seems like. so. But there, were, there was some pretty big news recently um, that the DC Extended Universe, correct? Not... Marvel yep. calls theirs the actual cinematic universe, but the DC, DC extended, extended universe is uh, is rebranding. So, what were they calling that? Worlds of DC. Worlds of DC. So, DC has decided uh, we've fucked it up enough trying to have a copy of Marvel. <laughs> uh, so, we're gonna lean more towards separate worlds. So, mm-hmm. I'm not sure. Have they said for sure? Are they gonna have any? interconnectivity anymore or are they stepping completely away from that so there will be uh, crossover events but they will no longer be the focus of the dc cinematic universe so this is interesting to me one i'm disappointed because despite the flaws which we talked about extensively last episode right uh, if you hung on for the whole like hour 40 minutes good job <laughs> <laughs> um despite the flaws I, I, I wanted to see this work. Even even if we had to wait for it to work, I yeah, wanted to see too. this work. Because I am a DC fanboy. Like I my my primary love of Marvel actually comes from the cinematic universe. Like my, mm-hmm. Spider-Man is 
he swaps back and forth between my first and second favorite superhero. Um, so, but that's just one hero. Overall, I'm not a huge fan of Marvel, but their cinematic universe is, is fantastic. It's um, absolutely gorgeous. Yeah, almost universally. It's amazing. Very few flaws ever since they started connecting the movies. Mm-hmm. Um, but DC has just had misstep after misstep, and I think I think this is a good step for them. I, I'm sad to see the interconnectivity like pretty much end, except for some mm-hmm. exceptions, but... Um, I think this is a good step. They need to take a step back and reevaluate what they're doing. Right, because as we've touched on in the past, Marvel's goal through the past 10 to 12 years has been, okay, we're going to lead up to Thanos, to the Avengers. And they did it, like we talked about in the past couple episodes, we've touched on it both times, they've done it the exact correct way. They've built up through individual movies, and then we got the payoff. To put it from last episode's terms, they earned it. Fuck <laughs> 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 you. <laughs> you know what? Sometimes I just get on a track and I just can't get off of it. Just keep on chugging. Just no matter what, until it just runs completely off the rails. I'm stuck on it. The thing um, is, is it's it's super accurate though. They did. They earned it through years of building these characters and introducing us to them the right way. Even to lesser-known characters the, like the Guardians. That's the trouble with... And so now we're looking at a DC universe that is throwing 10 years' worth of content into three movies and shoving it down our throats. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's the trouble with being, you know, the second person to have an idea. You know, you're right. kind of just trying to race to catch up with the first one. So mm-hmm. instead of, uh, you know, Marvel came in with, with a goal in mind... And so did DC, but DC's goal was um, jump to everything being connected. Jump to right. We're going to have Justice League like four movies in and without without introducing us to pro- to characters properly. Yeah, exactly. And now they've sunk millions of dollars into Justice League as a franchise, and mm-hmm. they haven't done any build up for it. So I, I think um, it seems from what I'm reading that a lot of the interconnectedness will come specifically from Justice League and Justice League characters. Yep. Um, but there's going to be a lot of uh, a lot of side pieces. Um, you were mentioning before we started recording that there's going to be a, a Joker movie. There's a Joker movie announced. I actually hadn't have heard of this one. Yes. And it, according to what all I've read, it doesn't actually take place in the D- in the worlds of DC universe. It is a complete departure, and Joaquin Phoenix is becoming the Clown Prince of Gotham, which is interesting. <laughs> yeah, that's strange to me. But I also um, judged Jared Leto, and he ended up mm-hmm. surprising me. Um, yeah, I it agree wasn't, with that. It wasn't great, but I, I enjoyed him as the Joker. It wasn't a complete disaster. Um, by the way, you mentioned it, but we forgot to actually head this off by saying that the rebranding is now Worlds of DC instead of the DC Extended Universe. Right, So yeah. before they even officially came out and said, we're cutting out the Extended Universe thing, we're cutting out the Tied Together world they they rebranded it to Worlds of DC, and people were immediately speculating that this is what's going to happen. There, there's something about that title that just suggests this means that 
each movie is probably going to be pretty much separate. But we weren't right. sure it was, that was it was announced yet. at Comic Con, not announced, but it was kind of tipped at Comic Con. Yeah. Um, and when I brought it to you, that was the first thing you said was, "Now all the movies are no longer connected. They each take place in their own individual world." Yeah, that was my guess, and it looks like I was right. Um, yeah, and. I, I mentioned that Justice League would probably be the, the key point where things would actually still be connected, but it's saying here um, on this article on The Verge that uh, Aquaman is Aquaman's going to be one of the first new movies that won't be part of an overarching storyline. That's interesting. So, uh, one of the key Justice League figures actually will not be in a connected universe with this so movie. That so that means that whenever we get the Flash movie... He's no longer connected either. Perhaps not. I mean, they can make a uh, they can make a decision maybe for that particular character, um, but I think we might see um, at least one more movie with each character that's not actually connected, and then we'll pr- then we'll probably see a real connection after that mm-hmm. coming into like probably like a I Justice do, League too. I do wonder if this is a way for Ben Affleck to leave the bat. Maybe because he's have he's been having a lot of struggles. Uh, mm-hmm working within the DC universe, um, which makes me sad because that was another surprise was how, how good of a, well, particularly how good of a Bruce Wayne he was. Yes. He was a good older gristled Bruce Wayne, um, which is weird to me consider considering Ben Affleck a good older character because I've right. come, up, come up watching his movies for better or worse. Um, but yeah, he was, uh, he was a good little bit of gray in his hair, Bruce mm-hmm. Wayne. Um, people really gave him shit going into it, even more so than Jared Leto. Yeah, and like I mean, I'll gladly admit that when it was announced that he was taking over as Batman, I wasn't sold on the idea. But I, I went into a hard thing um, to Batman vs Superman somewhat optimistically because, as we've talked about before, and as you mentioned earlier, you're a huge DC fanboy. So am I. Yeah, that's home for me, and so I will. I will not walk into a DC movie of any kind doubting it I've been proven wrong recently (laughs) but I walked in like okay like if they think that he'll be a good Batman chances are he'll be a good Batman and I was right he was a good Batman I mean I think um, you know Kevin Smith kind of gave Affleck a start and uh, Mm -hmm. Kevin Smith has made some missteps in his career maybe especially in recent years I've, I've heard a big criticism. I don't know what I think about this, but a big criticism of him is like his constant use of pot. Um, and I've heard people say like, uh, get high while you're writing, but don't get high while you're editing. And that's been a big problem mm-hmm. for Kevin Smith is he seems to be high while he's editing his movies. Yeah. So he's had some major missteps recently, but I trust Kevin Smith's opinion of people that he's worked with. Oh, and yeah. and Kevin Smith vouches for Affleck up and down, mm-hmm. and so when Kev came out and said that, um, you know, however many years ago it is now, when when Ben Affleck was first announced as Batman, when he finally came out and said like this is going to be great, you know, I love Ben and he's going to be good at it, I I was on board. I'm like I'm going to give this yep. a chance. Affleck is a weird choice, like just on paper, it's a weird choice, but. But it worked out. I mean, I guess so was um, Christian Bale. Yeah. We, really. And, and that worked out, too. So, I mean, who's who's to say who really is a good choice? Like, if we look back at any Batman in the history of Batman on film, I mean, they all could have been considered 
odd choices. Right. Um, some worked out, some didn't. I think Ben did, and I hate that he's, I mean, at least he thinks that he's kind of getting uh, fucked over with mm-hmm. with DC, So, and he's trying to get out, and I hate that. I wanted to see much more of him as Batman. Yeah, so did I. And hopefully we do. Yeah, maybe. Um, I think, has he officially stepped down as director of the next one? Yes. Um, okay. So the first, the first credit that he no longer had was as writer, and then director, and so currently he's only starring in the okay. film that's, as of now, titled The Batman. Yeah. What a fiasco. I, I hope that DC writes its course. Um, what I don't even know what studio DC works with. Um, uh, WB. With Fox? WB? Yep. That makes sense. Like, all their cartoons are usually WB. Mm-hmm. Um, Marvel, listen, we can say a lot about the many-headed beast of Disney these days. Um, <laughs> that just got X-Men and Deadpool and the yeah, Fantastic Four. Yeah, they've achieved... They've um, acquired Fox, everything except Fox News, um, which I kind of wish they would have acquired Fox News, too. Like, I think that would have been right. much better in, DC, mm-hmm. in Disney's hands. <laughs> uh, maybe. That's a different podcast, though. Yeah. Um, they, they acquired Fox, and now, so now, I don't even know what all they own anymore. They, they own Fox, they own uh, Marvel, they own... Uh, Lucasfilm, they own everything. They've ABC. <laughs> every every movie that's something that, like that, like ABC owns Disney or Disney owns ABC. Yeah. One of the two. Something like sixty percent of blockbuster movies, like that, like movies that achieve a billion dollars and more, are all mm-hmm. owned by Disney now. Right, it's ridiculous. But they give, you know, for better or worse, they give Marvel incredible resources because. Disney's huge. Yeah. I mean, that's why they have the money to, to buy these studios for billions of dollars at once. Um, Supposedly, so Mar- this Fox buyout was to further their streaming platform. That yeah, and, and they had announced, you know, that they were pulling out of Netflix um, and they were going to make their own streaming platform. So, yeah, it, it makes sense from a business standpoint. There's just, there's an argument to be made. I mean, at the very least, all we're talking about is entertainment and not infrastructure. Right. Um, so a monopoly on entertainment um, isn't as problematic, but yeah. there's still problems there when when one one studio owns everything. So I mean, what if they took a hard right turn to like neo fascism or something and all their themes <laughs> like I mean if they, they could they could do that if they wanted yeah, to. They like, and they own like all this all these revenue streams that they own. So I mean it's still a problem, but I mean I guess my ultimate point really isn't even like the philosophical political nature of, you know, a monopoly, but just that like I highly doubt Warner Brothers has as many resources to help DC as Disney has to help Marvel. Right, I agree with that. So, Marvel's just in a in a better place. Mm-hmm. So, but I hope I hope DC writes the course on this. So that's enough about um, DC for now. We had a whole episode last right. last time about that. So let's move um, to Marvel because, like I said, we're the comic book movie podcast. Um, <laughs> Pretty big news today. Uh, well, we'll get to that. Big news regarding um, James Gunn 
and his firing. I'm sure everyone's heard about it, but figured we'd give our two cents mm-hmm. on it. Um, so it was du- some. It was dug up some old tweets of James Gunn that were problematic jokes, and I mean beyond problematic, they were simply egregious. And we're not even. Yeah, we're not even going to give them justice here. We're not going to repeat any of them. Um, but then Disney kind of arguably in a knee-jerk reaction uh, fired gun off of Guardians of the Galaxy production. Uh, so what, what, what's your what's your opinion on all this? What's your opinion on Gunn and what's your opinion on his firing? Personally, I like James Gunn as a director. Everything that I've found out about him... Um... For, through like reading and research, he seems like a very stand-up individual. Um, these tweets are, like you touched on, awful. They were jokes that should never be made. They touch on topics that, in my opinion, are off-limits. And you know me, there's not a lot that I think is off-limits. Yeah. Um, he owned up to these tweets and apologized for them six or seven years ago. Previous to Disney hiring him to work on these movies. So Disney knew about these tweets going into their relationship with him. And two, three weeks ago, they were dug back up by this guy who it appears to be his job. He, he's a very, like, very co- conservative right-wing person who goes and does this. They dug these tweets up, published them, and like you said, Disney had a knee-jerk reaction and fired him. Yeah, um... My my opinions are basically the same as yours. Um, like you said, he he already apologized for this. Um, he was known back in the day for making kind of like intentionally awful statements, and mm-hmm. it was just it was just piss poor comedy. Basically, these were never the opinion of the man. Right. Um, and one thing that I actually was talking about to a friend of mine um, about this situation last week is you have to consider the time period that these were also made. This was back in 2007, 2008, when your popular comics at the time were guys like Dane Cook and Carlos Mencia. Yeah. These were the types of jokes those men were making. Mm-hmm. And God. so, he, yeah. I used to listen to that shit, too. I know, like, and that, that's what's crazy. Like, we were, we were talking about, like, that's what... It was around high school age for me. Like, I mean, I was in high school at that point. Dane Cook was everybody's favorite comedian. And then it came out that, like, Carlos Mencia, like, stole jokes, and then it came out that Dane Cook stole jokes, and now they're kind of blacklisted in the comedy world. Yeah. But that was the popular comedic value of the day. And so for him to make these kind of jokes, arguably to get his name out there, wasn't unheard of for a startup comedian. Yeah. And even, There's... like, he's a comedy writer. He wasn't trying to do stand-up, but, hey, look, I can write these jokes that you guys tell. Yeah, there they and, are. And back then, Twitter was where people went and did comedy until comedians figured out that they were basically giving away their craft for free on Twitter. Right. They're giving away all their punchlines. But it was just unfortunate, and he 
says it's unfortunate. This was li- literally a decade ago. People grow. I mean, me and Alex just touched on, like, we used to, it's not like we ever said any of these types of things, but oh, we yeah, listened sure. to this stuff and we thought it was funny. And, you know, we were younger and we were dumber. And Gunn is older than we are, but, you know, still 10 years is a lot of aging and a lot of growth. Mm-hmm. So even for him, he was younger and dumber. So, and he's, he said, he said that it, it's regretful what he said. And mm-hmm. I mean, this was just a right wing lunatic who's known for, you know, drudging up shit on people. And even if the shit is true, you know, anything taken out of context can easily be used to hurt somebody. Right. And Disney is allergic to bad PR. So they, they jump on chances to, to help their public image. And mm-hmm. this situation obviously will be negative even if it's just in the short term, on Disney's public image. So, I mean, something I saw discussed on Reddit was just, not only is it ridiculous that he was immediately fired for this, but also, you know, Disney may own Marvel Studios, but there's still layers of management. Yep. And Disney did not let Marvel or any, you know, kind of, anything below the head Marvel level, they didn't let management take this over. They didn't run it up the chain. Disney just jumped straight down and, and fired yeah. without without asking anyone else. I mean, that's their right because they own it. But but it's still, it's still ridiculous. Like, if I make a mistake at my job, I am under a manager who's under a manager who's under a sub-HR department who's under uh, overarching AR... HR department, like the president of the corporation that I work for is not going to come to my little office and fire me for a mistake. Yeah. So like this was just, you know, patently absurd. And so the big news today, as of this recording that, that we've learned is that the entire cast of guardians of the galaxy has come out in support of gun. I'm going to real quick. I'm just, I'm going to read through this letter because it's really uh, worded beautifully. It says to our fans and friends, we fully support James Gunn. We are all shocked by his abrupt firing last week and have intentionally waited these 10 days to respond in order to think, pray, listen, and discuss. In that time, we've been encouraged by the outpouring of support from fans and members of the media who wish to see James reinstated as director of volume three, as well as discouraged by those so easily duped into believing the many outlandish conspiracy theories surrounding him. Being in the Guardians of the Galaxy movies has been a great honor in each of our lives. We cannot let this moment pass without expressing our love, support, and gratitude for James. We are not here to defend his jokes of many years ago, but rather to share our experience having spent many years together on set making Guardians of the Galaxy 1 and 2. The character he has shown in the wake of his firing is consistent with the man he was every day on set, and his apology now and from years ago... See, they addressed that, the one yep. that was years ago, what everyone forgets about. When first addressing these remarks, we believe is from the heart, a heart we all know, trust, and love. In casting each of us to help him tell the story of misfits who find redemption, he changed our lives forever. We believe the theme of redemption has never been more relevant than now. Each of us looks forward to working with our friend James again in the future. His story isn't over, not by a long shot. There is little due process in the court of public opinion. James is likely not the last good person to be put on trial. 
given the growing political divide in this country, it's safe to say instances like this will continue, although we hope Americans from across the political spectrum can ease up on the character assassinations and stop weaponizing mob mentality. That's very strong wording from them. Mm-hmm. It is our hope that what has transpired can serve as an example for all of us to realize the enormous responsibility we have to ourselves and to each other regarding the use of our written words when we etch them in digital stone that we as a society may learn from this experience and in the future will think twice before we decide what we want to express. And in so learning, perhaps can harness this capability to help and heal instead of hurting each other. Thank you for taking the time to read our words. And they all signed it. Yeah. So they also, it wasn't noted here that they, that they, they, it didn't say in this letter that they thought that he should be rehired, but it should be noted. I took a look and, and, on all their Twitters, where they each individually posted this letter, they pretty much all said that that James could be rehired. Yes. They they didn't say it in the letter, but they said it personally. They they are all on board with bringing him back on. It's been rumored um, that Dave Bautista has threatened to walk if he is not hired. And and that would be a complete disaster for this franchise because Guardians is one of the most solid franchises that Marvel has in their cinematic universe. They have a great. Uh, a great cast and Bautista is a surprising highlight yeah amongst all that and I can't anymore I can't imagine anybody else's his character no so yeah I, I, I hope that doesn't have to happen um, you know I think we can you know for whatever it's worth with our little three episode podcast I think we can say that the crooked shelf is on the side of James Gunn and he I think that it, Disney, if you're so allergic to bad PR, this is turning to bad PR for you. Yeah, it, uh, it's taken w- a situation so. that's, I mean, those like we've said, those tweets are not excusable at all. But yeah. it's taking a situation where you have arguably your biggest franchise right now is willing to turn its back on the company. Yeah. Yeah, I mean that's big. I mean I know they're actors, so they have more leverage than you know just a peon. But they're still employees, and yeah. they've come together to make a, a pretty huge statement with some pretty strong wording. And we weren't even going to talk about this, um, but the the court of public opinion comment just makes me think. And I want to give my two cents. I don't know if you. I'm sorry to spring this on you. I don't even know if you have any opinions on it. But um, the the Chris Hardwick situation. Um, mm-hmm. He he was accused of of abuse um both sexual and emotional and i was part of the court of public opinion and i jumped on uh on hating him i did the same thing you shared that article with me and i was instantly like i'm done with chris yeah uh, me too and i've always been a huge fan of him um i acknowledge that he has some flaws but he's human right so um I think in Chris Hardwick's situation, and granted, this is all, you know, he said, she said. So, you know, take everything with a grain of salt. But this has shown a crack in the veneer of the Me Too movement, which yes. I fully support. I do. We need we need to listen to women and their struggles, but we need to acknowledge that anyone can lie. And yes. it's easy for the court of public opinion to jump on and as the guardian said you know assassinate character Mm -hmm. and i gave it a while before i listened to chris hardwick's side but when every single ex came out and said that this is absurd 
and he wouldn't have done this. Like, that was indication to me that maybe we at least need to take a break and listen to the other side. Right. Like, we... A similar situation to Gun, AMC immediately fired Hardwick off of uh, Talking Dead. Um, Lionsgate removed all mention of him from their website, from their web presence. Um, it, everyone was jumping the gun because of bad PR. Right. And, um, you know, in the at the end of the day, I, I think I was wrong on my first opinion, and I'm on Chris Hardwick's side. At the end of the day, maybe I'm wrong this time, too. We, we won't know until there's some kind of investigation, which who knows if that'll even happen. Mm-hmm. But uh, we as a society need to stop just destroying people because of one person's, one person's words. Right. Because ultimately, none of us were there. Um, yeah, I just I feel strongly about this. I, I, perhaps just because... At least how I feel. I feel like I was duped the first time, and I hate being duped. I hate, yeah, oh yeah. I, I hate jumping on a movement and then being wrong. And I, I truly think I was wrong. Yeah, I think <laughs> I was too. Um, apparently, so does Abita. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah, I think that, that's a, I think that that goes hand in hand with what we've been talking about. And so I'm glad that you did bring it up, that we we are, as a nation right now, we are quick to judge based on very little circumstantial evidence for good and bad. Yeah, uh, I think that um, a big part of that is the fact that um, in the early days of the Me Too movement, um, pretty much all of them were telling the truth. You know, there was real evidence of all this stuff happening. And so it was just like, it was like, you know, accusation after accusation after accusation. And then time after time after time, it all all came out to be true. So Mm -hmm. then, you know, we just... We jumped from listen to everyone to believe everyone. And mm-hmm. you, you shouldn't believe everyone. They're, the woman who accused Chris of these awful things has since made herself clear to have some, you know, dangerous mental problems. And, you know, she 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 was in the public eye while she was with Chris. And she's been, you know, solidly out of the public eye since she left him. Mm-hmm. And... It seems clear to me, at least, that you know this was uh, like random jump for public attention, which she got um, because I believe that she she's a cosplay star, and mm-hmm. you know she she does. I guess I guess just social media fame. I'm not sure if she does any acting work or voice acting. I'm work. She honestly may, she not may. sure. Um, but yeah, we need to have real evidence before we start forming these opinions, um, which. You know, like I said, like we still kind of don't, but the fact that all of Chris's exes have come out and said like he's not like this, and you know, take that with a grain of salt too, because mm-hmm. things can change from relationship to relationship. But I just think that like five women versus one is is saying something, right? So we just need to stop uh, stop crucifying people um, and just and let the events play out. So I know we jumped on that real quick (laughs) (laughs) all right um well i guess uh let's go to uh, a new segment um as we've done the last two episodes we um end with a with a different segment and uh i'm just titling this one slowing it down 
Mm-hmm. So just wanted to get real for a minute. Um, There's I've, constant barking in the background. Yeah, I apologize I don't for know. that. Who knows if that, that may not even be on microphone, but just be aware, people, that <laughs> the dogs are <laughs> acting up. So this is maybe this decision is maybe influenced just because I'm having a particularly bad day. But um, I, I, I just want to talk about and bring awareness to uh, to depression. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I deal with it a lot. Um, I mostly just deal with anxiety. Uh, but I deal with depression too and um, don't worry I'm going to keep this on subject like we're still the crooked shelf we're still <laughs> nerds but um, today I was just kind of sitting and, and thinking about this because um, I was having a really down day um, everything seemed pointless and uh, I didn't want to go on and to relate it back to the you know subject matter at hand like what I tend to do when I'm like that is is dive headlong into entertainment. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm a nerd, and at least modern day definitions of nerd is like you know manic appreciation of, of art and uh, you know particularly like art that's not mainstream. Like it's become more mainstream in recent years, but you know comic books, video games, tabletop gaming, video gaming. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, there was a time even in the last decade that that was still, you know, you're still a weirdo for doing it. Maybe maybe less so video games. Those kind of came into public consciousness um, quicker. Um, So I, I, I tend to dive into that stuff and lose myself in it because it takes me out of my current reality. Uh, I am chronically afraid of silence. Uh, I always have earbuds in. Uh, if I'm walking or driving, I'm listening to a podcast or mm-hmm. audiobook or what, what have you. Um, if I'm home, I'm watching a movie or playing games. Um, it's, it's come to the point that I don't even enjoy reading anymore because that's still silence. Mm -hmm. It it may, it may give me an escape, but, um, I'm still alone with my thoughts and that, and that terrifies me. And I think that, I think a lot of nerds deal with this on some level. I agree with that. We're, we're introverted, um, more or less, uh, and we, you know, these are our hobbies are what defines us. And that's not necessarily a bad thing, but it gets unhealthy. Um, so today I forced myself to go outside and I went to a local park and I um, just kind of got lost on a trail for like an hour and just um, I did what there's a, a poor English translation of a Japanese word and that's called forest bathing. And it's just like getting out of the city and just getting into nature mm-hmm. like cleansing your soul and and I needed that because I, I think that as nerds we need to be, be more aware of are we actually enjoying what we're doing or is it just to keep us from you know eating a bullet you know it's mm-hmm. hard to talk about um, I've been accused of not being 
open about my feelings. <laughs> I'm pretty uh, straightforward, but inside, I'm a, a manic jumble of thoughts. I have a rich inner life. <laughs> um, so I figured, why not open up a, to where the whole world can hear it if they choose to listen? Um, I I don't I don't know if you do you deal with any of this or do you, I mean you don't have to yeah, feel oh, like yeah. I did to talk about it, but. No, I don't. I don't mind at all. I know you and I have talked about like some of my issues in the past before, and like you and I and your wife have talked about them in group settings and all kinds of stuff. So you know, I'm pretty open with most of this stuff. Um, no, I deal with the same kind of things. Uh, you know, I'm starting like a new job, and it's it's very hectic and stressful, and it's something I've never done before. So it, it's. I've got a lot of different things that are weighing on me right now. And like you, I use media as my escape. Um, my way of coping, I love, I like being outside, but I don't go out very often. My way of coping is that I write music. Um, yeah. And I think that I've touched on this on a previous episode that I'm a teacher by trade, but I'm a semi-professional musician. And so that's, that's my coping mechanism when I'm not reading, playing video games, something like that. You know, I sit down with my guitar or a ukulele or something and just start writing. And that's the way that I get that out. And that's good. I think that's a much, um, that's a way more healthy way of coping because, you know, we all need to cope. We, mm-hmm. can't, we can't escape it. Um, and I think that it's perfectly fine for you to cope with your entertainment as long as you're not letting yourself disappear into it. Um, yeah. Because I, I just, I spend hours and hours of my day not being Ethan. I, mm-hmm. I am just the emotions that are experiencing the anime I'm watching. Mm-hmm. Um, I am a lump on a couch absorbing right. entertainment. Um, I'm not Ethan. So I just, we need to, <laughs> I'm not. I'm not saying anything that hasn't already been said before. You know, I just, uh, you know, this is a for some fucking reason. This is a safe place for me. I mean, uh, of course, because my friend Alex is here with me. Um, but you know, there's something about having the nameless, faceless masses to yeah. you know throw my sorrows out to that is therapeutic. But you know, we just need to take an hour of the day to not just consume yeah you know, I there, agree there's with that. this and and even more so than just like simple i mean not simple but just like mental health but like also we, we as nerds have this like fear of missing out that um manifests itself as like the stress of catching up Right. Um, we we fear not being able to carry on that conversation about that next episode or uh, that new issue or you know the the new game or mm-hmm. whatever it is. Uh, we're, we're we're terrified of it. Um, I go to me and my wife uh, go to a big convention called Dragon Con every year. It's like a five day, twenty four hour day nerd Mardi Gras just party <laughs> and. Um, I've had years where I've, you know, gotten in the car to go home and I haven't spoken to a single new person. It's not every year, but, but what I'm saying is that I'm so terrified of not having a 
not being able to carry on a conversation about something at Dragon Con, even even if it's a year where I don't talk to anybody new. Right. Um, and that's that's just as sad and you know pathetic as 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 the depression itself. We don't have to be that way. Um, you can still enjoy yourself without you know being completely caught up with everything, and we can still have conversations about stuff that's old. Right. Know? Oh yeah. So we just need to, you know, take take care of yourselves, guys. Take an hour out of your day. You don't have to go outside, but I'd suggest it. I yeah. Mean, like get some get some vitamin D and see some sunlight just for a minute. But you know, step away from your hobbies and and just take care of yourselves because every every uh, too much of anything is a bad thing. Agreed. And so, I. We haven't talked about this particular thing, but I want to tag this, and I'm sure you'll agree with me. Like, if you guys also need somebody to talk to about this kind of stuff, we're both running our social medias. Um, yes. Feel free to reach I, out to us. Yeah, and, I take care of the of the Crooked Shelf Twitter. Um, Alex takes care of the Crooked Shelf Facebook. And eventually um, there'll be an Instagram, probably. Yeah, if we get enough of a following, we're going to expand that to other avenues. But um, we're, we're there. We... Know what yeah, you're going through. Talk, guys. Like, I mean, to some extent, as much yeah. as anyone can, because we've been through shit ourselves. Even in our privileged lives, we've been through shit. Right. And so yeah, just reach out. Everybody, take care of yourselves because you know we, you know we We're we all, all this love, race together. Yeah. Yeah, and, and we all we all love we all love our hobbies, but you know it's life is even richer if you step back and ask yourself if you're actually enjoying what you're doing right now mm-hmm. or if you're just doing it to be mindless. Right. Um, so just take an hour out of your day to take care of you instead of taking care of the backlog. Mm-hmm. Like that's all I had to say on that. So before we wrap up, Alex, what are you doing? What are you playing? Um, right now, reading? I am playing through Fallout 4 like I normally do because <laughs> I love that game. But um, I have started reading uh, DC Dark Knight's Metal because yes, they just came out. That. Yeah, they just came out in hardback graphics and I am too cheap to buy individual comics anymore. Yeah, I, I've reached that point. What I really don't buy graphic novels either. Um, they have to I like think... super stand out to me, and yeah. I thought that Metal seemed like a really cool series. It and, does look neat. And I've got a bunch of friends who vouch for it. Uh, Barnes and I, as I hate to say this, I bought it from Barnes and Noble, but they mm-hmm. ran a buy two get one free, so I got the whole series for forty bucks. That's awesome. Yeah. So yeah, um, I I reached not to get too far off topic, but like I reached the point where I was like, you know, the reason that Action Comics number one is valuable is because they all got destroyed because it was wartime mm-hmm. and um modern day comics are never going to reach any real value for the most part right there, there's there's always exceptions to the rule but um we're probably not going to see another action comics number one um so i was like i don't have the money to keep collecting this i don't have the right. space to keep collecting this i'm just going to get graphic novels and maybe that comes with age but I just I really just buy things that I know are going to be special to me, and mm-hmm. otherwise I just get it from the library or something. Right. So, are, <clears throat> are you uh, are you into anything else right now? Or? Um, music wise, I love Freddie Gibbs' new album. Yeah, I think you've told me about that. Um, it's unfortunate that it came out the same day as Drake's new album, <laughs> which admittedly is a good album in and of itself. But 
Freddie Gibbs is just he's this master lyricist, um, and he's just angry man. And, <laughs> and uh, we need it, anger right now. Yeah, and it's it's such a it's such a good album. Uh, it's just called awesome. Freddie. So if you're if you're into hip hop, which as Ethan knows is arguably my favorite genre of music, yep. um, that and punk, like I just ju- <laughs> I jump from side to side. Um, if you're into hip hop, definitely go check out Freddie by Freddie Gibbs. It's a phenomenal album. Awesome. Well, right now I'm uh, primarily. I'm reading a, a manga that I got from the library. It's by the name of, uh, I think it's pronounced Ajin, and then Demi Human. Ajin Demi Human. Um, it was it's a Netflix picked this up and made an anime out of it. Um, but they Netflix has this thing where they turn all their anime into shitty CG um, yep. instead of hand drawn animation. And I can't I can't get past it. I don't care how much I love the story. I can't get past that animation. It ruins it for me. So um, I saw that um, my library had a consecutive set of 10 uh, collected volumes, and which is rare at the library. Right. They either are checked out usually, or the library just for some reason simply doesn't have an, is- a, an issue in the middle of the series. Mm-hmm. Like the so, critical issue that you need? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, but they had all ten of these, um, so I was like, you know what? Fuck it. I, I'm curious. So I picked it up, and it's really, really cool. Really cool. Um, you know, I mean, it's it's mindless. It's action, you know. Um, but it's about there's just this random subset of humans called demi humans that are immortal. Um, anytime they're killed, they come back to life, and the the government kind of lies to the public and says that you'll get millions if you find a demi-human and turn it into us um so they there's constant if any person like say the main character and i'm not spoiling much because it's in the very beginning but the main character gets run over by a car and dies he's just a normal student but then in the middle of the street in broad daylight he comes back to life so now he's labeled as a demi-human okay so people, it's like a constant manhunt to get away from people because they're just going to turn you in. Mm-hmm. And you find out that the government um, is not just studying demi-humans, it's torturing them, basically. Constantly killing them in new and grotesque ways because they'll just come back to life. So it, it becomes wow. never-ending torture if they get captured. And it goes to all kinds of crazy places from there. So I'm into that right now. Um Recently, I was playing a game called, I don't know if you've heard of this one, it's called Pillars of Eternity. Um, it's a old school ty- style, like CRPG. It's like in the style of like Baldur's Gate. Okay. Um, and uh, Neverwinter Nights back in the day. Which are DM um, from our D&D campaign. Uh, him and his wife played Neverwinter Nights for years. And yeah. still, occasionally, he gets back on the server, and it like their old server is still active and still going. Yeah, because Neverwinter Nights is 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 apparently has a piss poor core game, but is renowned for its user generated content. Mm-hmm. Um, so to this day, you can still get new stuff out of it. Sadly, I'm finding because I I got a download off of. Um, GOG, G-O-G.com. Mm-hmm. I guess you just call it GOG, but you know, it's that alternative to Steam, basically. Right. I got a download of Baldur's Gate because I had some free time. I've always wanted to check it out. And 
with a combination of Baldur's Gate and Pillars of Eternity, I think I've discovered I don't like that style of game. <laughs> <laughs> um, they're very, uh, I mean, Baldur's Gate is literally Advanced Dungeons and Dragons rule set. Right. Um, they're very, have, they have such a sharp learning curve. Um, they're so fucking hard. And like with Baldur's Gate, I could literally, I could, if I, like at one point I discharged a party member just because so I could take a new one on. Sometimes that'll just piss them off and they will leave and they're out of the <laughs> game permanently. Whoa. Like that whole story arc is gone. <laughs> and like, there's no warning. Like, it, I mean, it's, it's as close as you can come to playing Dungeons and Dragons, like tabletop, like in a video game. It's, I mean... Huh. Which should be what should be amazing, but I'm I'm spoiled by modern gaming, right? And and these learning curves are just fucking impossible. Mm-hmm. But um, I mean, otherwise it's cool. It's it's cool playing through a video game version of a tabletop game because you know, me and Alex have played tabletop games together for years. Uh, mostly not Dungeons and Dragons. I've played Dungeons and Dragons since I moved to Nashville. But when me and Alex were playing together with our uh, old DM back home, it was like the DC Comics, DC and, Heroes, yep, um, and the Star Wars D six game. Mm-hmm. So, uh, I love tabletop games, but I guess I, in a video game, I just want a video game RPG, not right. a translation of a tabletop RPG. Mm-hmm. It's just too hard for me. Anyways, so Alex, um, what are you craving? What do you What do you want to experience? Yeah. Any movies? Any games you want to see? Um, I'm super pumped about the Spyro remaster. As you know, like Crash is my dude, and so for them to see the success of that and then decide, okay, well, we'll do Spyro as well. That's a big deal for me. Um, those games are super fun. I hope that we get a Crash Team Racing. Yes. Oh God, yes. I want that so bad. But the thing in my like foreseeable future is I'm about to pick up the Moose Man on Switch. Yeah, you showed me. You told me about that. I saw that on an article you sent me. That's very interesting. Yeah, and I know nothing about the game. Uh, like I can't, I can't explain it. I don't know anything, but the artwork is so cool. Yeah, sw- the Switch just looks like a it's like a bastion for independent game making. Like it, they got some amazing. I see that you're <laughs> wrestling your dog right yeah, now. Yeah, <laughs> no one else can see her, but this is Jenny. <laughs> she says hi yeah. I think she's about to lick the microphone so we have to get some kind of noise um, she's sweet um, yeah the Switch looks like a bastion for independent video gaming right now yeah. um, even more so than you know first party games so I'm interested to see what will happen with the Switch anything else you're looking forward to right now um, I really really want another Ant-Man and the Wasp movie <laughs> yeah, you've seen that. I haven't gotten to see it's that. It's fantastic. Um, I love it. Yeah. Um, I just it, it was it's cheeky and it's funny <laughs> and it's good action, um, and it is essential to Avengers Four. Yeah. Oh man, now I gotta see you, it. Yeah, you yeah. have to. Yeah. Just like off track, real quick. Um, movie pla- Movie Pass is currently imploding on itself. Yeah. Um, so like one. Uh, this past weekend they completely blocked Mission Impossible you could not view any screening of it and they and they implemented this thing called surge pricing which ostensibly was supposed to be major movies and peak show times you may get an extra surcharge right okay I was like okay 
I understood, at least I thought I understood the business strategy. It was kind of showing movie theaters. We can put butts in seats on off days Mm -hmm. because people will wait for off days to avoid surcharges. But then they were putting surcharges on everything. Every showtime, every day, every movie, no matter how long it had been out. And no, no matter how popular it was. That's crazy. And their, 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 their customer service is non-existent. Their social media doesn't answer any questions. So it's just... Um, and today, I just saw they're officially back to being a penny stock because their, um, their value is at 0.99 yep. for stock. So they're, they're absolutely tanking. And their CEO came out and said, like, we're not going to offer screenings of any major movies that come out. So they're going to block everything like they blocked Mission Impossible. Good. Um, awesome. That's a great yeah. business plan. Yeah. So me and, I mean, it was, we were just riding the train until it ended. We knew it was going to end because they were hemorrhaging money. Uh, but it still pisses me off, just their underhandedness. Mm-hmm. So me and Sierra canceled our memberships. Uh, we're thinking about moving over to AMC's version of it. Um which is a little more expensive and a little more restricted. But yeah. That's what you need in order to make money. So um, the downside for not, me is that the closest AMC theater, I think is an hour away. Yeah. And the closest good one is in St. Louis. Yeah. That's the trouble is because we're, we're going to see there's hints that Regal may move to their own model. Um, but it's unclear if that'll actually happen. Right. So, I mean, that's the unfortunate thing, especially in small markets like you're in. Um, Movie Pass was great because it was pretty much any theater, mm-hmm. um, except for AMC. Except for AMC, which eventually it was still like, like there were AMC's here in Nashville that that did participate. Mm-hmm. Um, so now we're we're seeing people move to their own in-house models of of what Movie Pass started. Right, um, but that puts restrictions, like you just said. Um, I don't know where the nearest. I mean, is there even any regal at all in the midwest like not that i know of south so there's no regals there's barely any amcs for you it's all local run you know Mm -hmm. or midwest fairly local still still a chain but just midwest you know like warenberg which Um, technically doesn't even exist anymore they've been bought out by marcus so it's a bigger it's a bigger network but as of right now we still don't have any kind of program like that through marcus So I'm lucky, but all that to say, not seeing any movies right now until we make the decision whether or not we're going to get AMC service. Right, five dollar um, Tuesdays. Well, that's the only way I see yeah. it. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm looking forward to Ant Man and the Wasp myself. Um, uh, yeah, I. Uh, what am I looking forward to? I'm looking forward to more Critical Role. I've yeah. Been heavily invested in Campaign Two myself uh i I never got to watch the first campaign i'm kind of catching up on that in uh in in podcast form uh but i've been watching campaign two and there have been some very heavy things happening in recent episodes so i'm looking forward to more of that um i'm looking forward to i'm looking forward to uh super mario party on the switch that looks fun as hell which i love mario Party. i don't know if you saw the video out of e3 but it showed off some functionality of the switch Mm -hmm. that that we didn't even know it could do right like where they set their switches next to each other and characters are running from one switch to another yeah that blew my mind that was so crazy that's crazy 
So who knows what the hell else that fucking console can do that we don't even know about yet. Like, in that tiny little form factor, they, they fit all this functionality. Like, uh, the Switch is truly blowing my mind. So It's, it's my favorite console that I own <laughs> right now. Yeah, I, I wish, you know, I, I operate on a limited budget, so I, you know, just like I use MoviePass, I use Gamefly, and I rent games, and I, I only do one game out at a time, so I kind of just have to wait a while before I get a new one, mm-hmm. um, and there haven't been any Switch ones being shipped to me recently, so unfortunately I haven't been touching it lately, but yeah, like, before the Switch, it was just my PS4, I, I, I never use my Xbox. I got rid of mine. Um... My yeah, Xbox I mean, paid for my Switch. I <laughs> I keep I keep it around just because I keep hoping for some good exclusives, which you know we do get like Gears of War, mm-hmm. um, which there were some announcements for E3, and finally we have an announcement of a new Halo, but we don't know what that even I'm is. Just, yet. I'm so hesitant on Halo. It look I, there's theories that it's going to be a battle royale like mm-hmm. Fortnite and like everything else, which I think is the wrong direction to go, but. Yeah, I think you can have... I, I mean, I would be perfectly fine with them having a mode. Mm-hmm. Battle Royale mode. But just don't make it the entire game. Don't go the Black Ops 4 route and completely get rid of a campaign. Right. So, but yeah, before the Switch, it was just my PS4. Keep the Xbox around for exclusives, but PS4 is just by far the best mm-hmm. in this generation. I just recently what got a Pro was. as well. So, oh, oh man, I... Yeah. I don't have a 4K TV, so I'm not, like, using all of its things, but just the terabyte hard yeah. drive alone is awesome. Yeah, yeah, I'm constantly having to delete stuff. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm, I'm, like, I have to choose, like, like when I played Mass Effect, which Andromeda was a complete disaster, but mm-hmm. I, I still had fun with it. Yeah. If, if they ever, if they didn't, you know, shoot themselves in the foot with that, and if they ever make a sequel, I need my saves yep. to carry over. Mm-hmm. So I, I pretty much just have to pick what games I think I'm going to get DLC for, or that I think will affect the next game, yep. and I keep those, but I have to delete everything else because that tiny hard drive on the PS4. <laughs> um, yeah, the, the, Switch, the Switch completely took over for a while, because when I first got it, it was just Breath of the Wild mm-hmm. and... Uh, Mario so that was my whole life yeah. for weeks and weeks um, they, they came out of the gate strong with that system <laughs> yeah I, they did I can't wait I, and I love that they brought back handheld gaming that's not fucking phones yeah you know and bullshit mobile games like they made a in-home console that's also the next Game Boy at the same time yeah I mean that's how we're and getting the next Pokemon <clears throat> Yeah. I mean, Nintendo, for all their flaws, they are, I'll say it, they are the biggest innovators in the gaming marketplace. Mm-hmm. I agree with that. They And they they fail, but they try. And, and then it, it paves a way for other manufacturers to come along and say, let's, let's do it better than Nintendo did. And that's good for everyone. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, even the Virtual Boy, oh, which God. was... An unmitigated <laughs> failure was was an innovation and was unique and interesting. Yeah. Uh, and Nintendo does does nothing but unique and interesting. You know, and we all wish that Nintendo had their version of the big shooters. You know, but Nintendo does what it does best, and it knows and what it does best. It knows, yeah, they are very conscious of what they do best, and I'm glad that we have. I say young 
with quotes around it because Reggie uh, Phil's Ame is not a young man, but I, I'm glad to see Nintendo of America being run by somebody that's not an 80-year-old Japanese man yep. because it, he carries on the heart of what makes Nintendo good, and it's good to see someone who's going to be around for a few more decades, mm-hmm. you know, still involved with Nintendo yep. because a lot of the old Nintendo classic, you know, developers are are getting up there. Mm-hmm. We've already lost the president of Nintendo in Japan a few years ago. Yeah. Like they're not getting any younger and I, I want that spirit to live on. So, all right. Well, you have anything else, man? I, th- I think that's it. All right. Well, that's been it for us at the crooked shelf. We'll see you next time. Mm-hmm.